is Amanda. And this is Chris. And this is Vocal Perspective. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Vocal Perspective. I'm Chris. I'm here with Amanda, and I'm very excited to introduce this guest. She has been on the top of my list ever since I took on this role as co-host for the podcast. I'm also very excited to say she's the first guest I don't have to explain what she's seeing in my closet. If you've listened <laughs> to the podcast, you know I talk about the crown behind me, and luckily this guest gets it. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Miss <laughs> Wendy Spoker. How are you, Wendy? I'm great. Thank you for having me. How is everybody? Living the dream. I <laughs> However, not in Florida. Whatever that means these days. Yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> However, I'm not in Florida. Which part of Florida are you in again, Wendy? We're in Southeast Coast. We're just above Fort Lauderdale, Miami by about oh, 40 minutes. Gorgeous. I do love Southeast Florida. It's unfortunately been raining and cloudy every day for like the last week and a half. It's the rainy season now, so it's a gamble, the weather. It's either hot, muggy, or it's hot, muggy, and rainy. Not the best time to come to Florida. Everybody always no, wonders, why are tickets so cheap to Florida in the summer for summer yeah. vacation? we're so lucky and then they go and they're like this is why when we moved here everybody was like we moved here in june and everyone was like oh we're so sorry that you moved here in the worst time of the year but in missouri it gets hotter and more humid than it does here in florida so we were like what i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's pretty humid here and i'm like but at least i have the beach there yeah indiana born and raised right the beach helps a lot i'm from indiana living it up we all went to florida exactly to a and a humidity nobody understands midwest humidity until they experience it i understand you yeah So how long have you, you relocated to Florida not too long ago. We are entering our fourth year here. Yeah. And that took you, the reason I'm talking about that is that took you away from your acapella home where you had been for how many years? And why don't you tell us a little bit about that for you? So yeah, that took me away from the Midwest. So I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, and I've been singing in barbershop for about 32 years. And all of that has been in And she's only 34, ladies and gentlemen. I mean... Totally true. Totally. No, no, to be honest, uh, she is, I want to give her credit. She's doing this for so many years and she's brought up a daughter who is also active in the barbershop. Um, and yes, you have a son yes. as well, right? Or just, yes, and actually yeah. he was in the ambassadors for yep. a few years and as well. Has, like, when he was so this whole family, she, she brought up a barbershop yes. family alongside of her very, very talented husband. But we're here to talk about her. So let's go back to the beginning. And when did it all start for you, Wendy? When did you get the acapella bug? Well, it's hard to talk about it without bringing my husband into the equation because he really is the reason why I started doing it. We actually met at work. We ran record stores for a living back when people went to record records stores on the weekends. Records and CDs. Right, oh, we had vinyl those. and CDs and cassette. That was it. But I mean, it was kind of the transitional phase into CDs. It was still a really, everybody went to the record stores on the weekends. All your music junkies and music snobs filled the record stores on payday. It's just how it was. And so it was a great job. We loved it. Concert tickets, promotional stuff, CDs, you name it. We loved it. But we sang at work all the time in passing. And he noticed that sometimes we were singing different parts and stuff, you know. <laughs> so just one day he randomly said, you know, I don't know. My mom directs this chorus. It's a women's chorus. I don't know if you would like it, but you maybe might want to check it out. I was terrified because I don't know. And I had never, other than church or school, had really never done anything. And it was great. So yeah, I really can say history because barbershop's just been a huge part of my yeah. life ever since. And Wendy's <laughs> mother-in-law just happened happens to be San 
Andy Wright, who, when you enter into the barbershop world, you're like, she's the first name you learn, Queen Elizabeth, <laughs> and then you've got the King David. So it's like, oh, hey, I'm going to introduce you to my parents. They're just these people that sing. I think we've had conversations about this before. They were just David and Sandy, and then you know, you walked into the chorus as, hey, that's Sandy, I know her, whatever. And for all of us, coming from the barbershop world, it was like, whoa, I would have been completely, I would have been like marrying into the royal well, family. It when was, I entered the picture, I knew nothing about barbershop. I didn't even know barbershop existed anymore, let alone women had anything to do with it or what it had evolved to. But I didn't know Sandy David or anything about that. And so they were just normal people to me. The intimidating factor was Gina and I started dating and then it was boyfriend's mother and I work with him and now I'm in this chorus. And so now I'm like knee deep in that. Yeah, you've got like, like everything. You've got the <laughs> <laughs> and now look at you you're you're a member of all three major organizations aren't you i am yeah and yeah, your yeah. quartet is a member of all three organizations so i mean we you just are. stepped right into it she's had 34 yeah. years amanda to like i know but i mean yeah. i think it's incredible because i was born into it thrust right in yeah, I, was, born. I was 19 18 19 oh, so yeah, great. When I started, and so. my question is we've been having a lot of lady bases on the show the last few weeks have we'll you just continue yeah, that trend i love it have you always sang bass no actually i sang baritone for 12 years and that's my love is baritone that's my happy space and actually I listen to well you're talking talk. to two baritones yeah, you're talking so. yeah, <laughs> you just sit my, here and talk about baritone love baritone i love baritone it's my it's my home so that's my happy i think a lot of contemporary acapella listeners would be fascinated to take a look at a baritone part in barbershop music. When we say it's baritone, awesome. a lot of people hear men's baritone. They they think that mm-hmm. harmonic structure. Well, well, and in contemporary, to be honest, baritone is usually the throwaway part. It's and not in the way that picks up like the garbage notes sometimes, but like it's the part that baritone like, is like here's here's the third of the chord and just sing it the whole time and probably on a very boring rhythm because the altos right. usually get something similar to the baritone. But right. when I started singing along with my learning tracks, and my husband and I are both professional musicians, and he's like, "Are you?" having a stroke like what are you doing <laughs> what are the what is that voice leading I'm like there is none it's fine yeah and and I think something to talk about is female barbershop and and Wendy is the wife of an arranger and a absolute theory nerd from what I know my father well your father but your Jean, yes. not an arranger that's right Jean is the feeler he's a performance judge he's yeah the feeler. he's the feeler so mm-hmm. she gets both sides of this I keep forgetting so, so, so Wendy gets all and then Sandy is just everything right. else, you know, right. the brains, the brawn, the brilliance, all right there. So from that perspective, it's an interesting thing with women's barbershop, and you've sung it for so long. They invert things. So like men's baritone mm-hmm. is even different than how female baritone works. Mm-hmm. And sure. they both are odd and awkward in their own ways. But there is this brain that we find among similar baritones. <laughs> and you kind of either get it or you don't. It is something you can learn if that's how your brain works. But we've met a ton of contemporary acapella people who are like, I can do barbershop and they're like what what is this baritone <laughs> thing i don't know i always sounded it makes perfect sense to me that's yeah, exactly that's right. how i had to do and it if, too if you take the if you do take the melody of any song and you just kind of either turn it inside out or flip it backwards that's essentially what baritone is it just does opposite generally of yeah, whatever the yeah, melody and does so to me that makes it's like a counter melody and so to yes. me it makes perfect sense of course i'm gonna go there because she went there like that makes so much sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just wish more people got it opportunity to sing it. I make my own chorus sing different parts. I I make them jump around on a tag and learn a different part so that they can 
respect and also an appreciation yeah, for each and other. also yeah. you know shift their ears to know what they need to listen for but also like hey listen to me I'm right, important. Right. like oh wait right. I wasn't listening to them ever I exist and yeah. I'm really and I think um, <laughs> I encourage contemporary acapella people to maybe hop on over and give barbershop a try because I mean I've definitely yeah. become a stronger singer you know yeah. learning how to sing yeah. baritone yeah so. it's an incredible <laughs> um, art form in itself so let's just get into a little bit Wendy what's been your journey as a barbershopper how many different groups have you gotten the chance to be in? I have really only oh, gotten gosh. the chance to experience your most recent group, Take Four. Yes, am I? Yes, yes, yes. it is Take yes. Four. <laughs> that's your most yes. recent. I want to make sure there's oh, no that's new one. most recent. Um, yeah, yeah, No, no, there aren't. That quartet walked out and I was like, I love you. And you hadn't even sang a note. I knew it was going to sound just the way you walked out on the stage. So what led you on the journey to take four? How many? Where have you been? Uh, let's see. My very first quartet was called Vocal Animation. It was a chapter quartet. It was in like 1990, I think. I was 18 and I was the oldest in the quartet. And all of us were brand new to barbershop. We had no idea what we were doing. And we came in second to last. And the last place quartet withdrew. So that's awesome. And we had like the best time ever. <laughs> you know, sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes you're like, you know what? It was just fun. You know what? That was actually a great way to start my quartet experience because what I learned immediately is it doesn't ultimately matter. Like if you win, you still have to clean your toilet and pay your taxes. And if you lose... There's no lose because A, you learn and B, you realize that it's not really about the numbers. There was just so much fun and so much good that came from that, that it, it ultimately didn't matter to us in the end. It has Although taken... if I do ever win, I will clean my toilets with my tiara. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it is fun to win, so I won't deny that. But it ultimately, you know, your worth and value to really isn't tied up in the numbers. So I've had that mindset for a very long time, but I've waited 36 years to find three other people who yeah. have have that mindset because it yeah, feels like hard. at least in a quartet setting it feels like there's always one and it's like yeah. it doesn't matter how many times you say no 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 it's never about winning it's just about being together and I just want to have fun this is awesome yeah there's always seems to be one and it's like <laughs> oh we said at the beginning so, like we, well, it's sorry contract. Chris you're stuck with me I'm the perpetual runner-up so you're stuck with me hey, now never actually never even a bridesmaid <laughs> I'm always the damn guest book attendant so like please please I started off strong came out strong now I'm getting my fun time so here we go my so push my, envelope time remember well, Amanda well yes. it's funny that you bring all that up because it kind of feeds into how I how sort of take four came to be what we are the rest of the quartets I had were pretty much textbook quartet in the sense of we were always contest focused and we were local which made life so much easier when your quartet is local there's just so much to be said and I hope everybody is grateful for their local groups it's just <laughs> makes everything so hard but the uh, next group I sang in I was called Spirit and it was in a quartet with my mother-in-law Sandy and two other chorus members it was a chapter quartet we got together a few weeks before regional we took second place wild carded for international we never like ranked higher than the 30s but that was a really really fun quartet and then moved on to one called Trademark which and Spirit was actually when I switched to bass I had sung baritone before that and in Trademark I was also a bass and I sang with Jim Henry's wife Jita Henry and her two sisters Priska and Lila 
Bread and Wheat. They were big barbershop families from Region 5. And so we all knew each other. We were always the last to close down tag parties. And so that was just a really <laughs> great, great quartet. But again, very contest driven. When Take 4 came to be, first of all, Kristen stalked each one of us. That's how we came together. <laughs> so I've been in one of those quartets. For her stalking <laughs> skills. She actually remembered me from Detroit where I competed with Spirit and which I thought was funny because I personally didn't think what we did was all that memorable, but she remembered. Uh, and it was years later. And then she, Chasey was singing in chorus with Kristen at the time. For just a very short time, she was brand new to barbershop and she came to the chorus as a tenor. And Kristen just had this wild idea that maybe I lived in St. Louis. They were in Kansas City. We had a different tenor at the time. We started with someone from St. Louis. And after our first regional family life, just sometimes throws curveballs. And so she had to remove herself. And then Kristen also stalked and remembered Melissa from some contest years ago. And so none of us had ever sung a note together. Like looking back now that I kind of have gotten a glimpse into Kristen's personality, this makes perfect (laughs) sense. Um, She's very much a Christina Llewellyn in that way. She's got her, yeah, you know? (laughs) She very much is. But when we got together, what made this quartet so different than any of the others I had been in was that we all kind of agreed that while contest was important to us because A, it's a fantastic feedback opportunity. Number one, you know, one. Number two is it's the best audience you'll find, especially if if you're a barbershopper. And lastly, you just grow so much from the experience. And so contest is important to us, but it's not, we all agreed that it's not who we were, that we didn't want our identity hung up on contest and that it was just part of who we were, part of our journey. We all agreed that we wanted to be the quartet. You know, if we were ever so fortunate to get a gold medal, that that was just the beginning, that there's some way more. All of the influential quartets, particularly of my life, were Gas House Gang and Ambiance. I mean, I was, my barbershop grew in Central Standard, you know, Central States Region 5, where Local Standard, Gas House Gang, Ambiance, all the, we just were around it all the time. And that, and they had been together for 10 years at that point. You know what I mean? And so at that point, they had already been together 10 years and you're looking at another 10 and you're like, and I'm I'm from the Cardinal District in Barbershop and same idea. It's like, you didn't enter a quartet with the idea that that quartet was ever going to end or ever change. And so it was like this fam, it had to be this family. I totally get it. And a lot of the quartets you you see, they go through contests and they don't do well. And then they just kind of break up because it didn't meet their expectations. And so we just kind of agreed that the expectations were, we're going to have a great time. We're always going to do our best. That's going to look different. We're going to challenge ourselves, but we're not going to expect anything other than that. However, that lands. And yet you're one of the highlights for me at Harmony Inc. International Convention. I love hearing Take Four sing and selfishly as you all medal, but don't win each year. I'm like, oh, that means we get to hear them again next year. (laughs) I've heard that a couple of times, but honestly, like I said, I like the contest stage, love the feedback and and I love the audience and it's just a great time for growth. So I don't mind doing it. You know, Wendy said that it's the best audience you'll ever sing for. On top of that, it's the hardest audience you'll ever sing for. And it it tears your group apart a little bit like exercising muscles. You know, you have to rip your muscles down to build muscle. It tests your group. It tests the strength of that. And I think this is something that the acapella world, the contemporary acapella world has already understood a 
lot longer than the barbershop world did. When Amanda walked into the barbershop world, and I was fortunate enough to kind of be there for her beginning. I mean, she was there as, as an interviewer, and it really um, opens her eyes. She got to see a lot more and have a bigger perspective than most people coming in. But I could see that she was already prepared for a lot of that aspect of acapella than I ever was. The kind of breaking down, sure. shall you, of your group. And it just magnifying and spotlighting things. And that's what makes you grow. Mm-hmm. It's the same, again, it's the same as exercising. You know, you have to break down yeah. to build up and, and to get stronger. And I think that your vantage point your, or your view as a quartet really highlights this crossover that I want to highlight between contemporary acapella and barbershop. And I wish especially barbershop would borrow more of this from the contemporary acapella world. Competition is right. nothing right. really in the contemporary acapella world. It is like this, you know, they build up to it and stuff, but they spend years and they spend so much time perfecting their performance of it. It's a highlight when they compete, but it's just, that's what it is. Yeah. It's a highlight. Like that's not going to yeah. stop them. And these groups, albeit members are turning over and coming in and out because it's usually collegiate. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's sure. where we find a lot of our contemporary acapella. But even in these professional acapellas, contemporary groups, it's the longevity. Yeah. You know, it's when you enter that group, you're not just taking on this competition role that you're going to win them a competition. Right. You are committing to a group as this member. It's like you're signing a contract for a job, but it's a job you're not going to get paid for <laughs> with money. You might get a surprise um, bonus now. <laughs> You know, like a trip somewhere, you know, but I'm just saying, you know, like they don't enter that group planning to, you know, not, it's not for a contest. It's not for that one moment. And so I love that. And I think that's going to have take four is going to go so far. We hope so. Um, That's the plan. (laughs) And we're having a great time. And I love that it, I love that none of you, or it doesn't sound like for you, you had to come out of any kind of broken experiences. Everything for you was building up to the next and it taught you something and you took that away from it. And even when it was contest focused. You understood why. And the expectation was always there. Like it wasn't like anybody was blindsiding you. And and I think that's important. Well, it depends on your definition of broken. You know, every quartet experience has left its mark in all ways. And while they've been great experiences, there were some not so great moments. But again, as you break and you put yourself back together, that's how growth occurs. It's uncomfortable and nobody likes it. But that's just how it is until you're better. I said said those exact same words yesterday to my husband. And I said, like, change is never easy. Mm-hmm. It is it's always not. uncomfortable, it but it doesn't mean it's bad. Right. It's good. You know? It just doesn't feel good yeah. at the time. Like, what is happening? Just... <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It always ends up to be good. As long as you can extract what you need that will help you the next time. That's really what it's all about. So, Wendy, as a member of all three mm-hmm. of the major barbershop organizations, we have Harmony Incorporated, mm-hmm. we have Sweet Adelines International, we have Barbershop Harmony Society. How are you seeing that growth for women, especially since our show is Vocal Perspective, and we're taking a look at women in an acapella. How are you seeing that the acceptance and the crossover and what's going on in the world of all the organizations and women's barbershop and inclusivity? What are you seeing? It's an interesting time. I mean, never, I don't know how long have you, you've grown up in barbershop and Amanda, how long have you? I've, I've been a barbershopper years. for four years now. I mean. Okay. Okay. So you had a couple years of what we all knew to be kind of the norm of barbershop world. Mm-hmm. before yeah. the last two years have sort of thrown everything in a bag and shook it all up. Oh, yeah. Of. And I mean, for the <laughs> last 10 years, we've the Alexandria Harmonizers are actually a client of my company. Okay. So okay. we've worked with them. And I just remember the whole time, like they were my example. 
And I was always like, oh, I wish I could do that. Like, I want to yeah. join the harmonizer. <laughs> so it's an interesting time. All of the sort of social and cultural issues that are happening in barbershop. And it's all three organizations. And that's what's fascinating to me. And it's on varying degrees. You know, in one organization, you might say, it's just uh, pleasant exchanges and conversations that have to take place in order to move forward. And generally, they do. And then they have other organizations where it just feels at least like a full-blown culture war between their members and their leadership. I mean, not between those two forces, but within the makings of the leadership. That's the interesting thing to me. It's not a war against sides. It's yeah, no. a war within each sect. And it's weird. It's very, I'm just it's waiting. It's weird to see in barbershop because yeah. the thing about barbershop that's always been so wonderful, at least I, is the social aspect of barbershop. It's very community-based. We took that away it, during COVID and look what happened. sure did. And we <laughs> All of a sudden, got on social media, and nobody exactly uh, thought right. nobody were humans anymore. That's exactly right. <laughs> Is and that what social media together, does? Well, no, but I think it should. I think when you when you're able to get together every week in person, you're able to leave your differences at the door, and you're too busy harmonizing to be at odds, quite frankly. And so, when that physical presence and that physical cooperation was taken away, all of a sudden, all we're left with is the odds, and so that sort of inflamed a whole lot of problems. I think for most of the organizations. Yeah, when you are left um, alone with your own anxious thoughts or your own worries and your own stressors, they come out in terrible mm-hmm. ways sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we all need to it's, be reminded of that. Social media well, is and, not the best way to read into things or convey anything. And everything can be received. Almost everything is received based on your personal life experiences or what you just came out of moments ago. And so to rely on just text only to try to resolve or understanding is very, very tricky and not the best way. I've been on the both sides of that myself, receiving end and yeah. giving end. And I, I've looked at the famous people in the world and I'm like, oh my gosh, if I had somebody, my husband often says if they had given me the internet or himself the internet in the 90s. Oh, oh I'm so grateful it didn't exist. I'm <laughs> right? so grateful Thank that goodness my man. college. I'm so glad I wasn't a teenager with internet. Oh my, just, I don't know. <laughs> well, idea. And, you know, to be fair to all the barbershop organizations and this period of a little bit of upheaval and questioning, like, how does diversity and inclusion and you know, desegregation of the genders. How does that work for this? Because and it's the same on contemporary. It's like so much of our identity of mm-hmm. who we are as groups is tied into our gender. Yeah. It's tied into the culture that we've created in our separate genders. And now it's like, well, we don't, do we need that? Like, I mean, it's cool if you want to sing with all of the same gender sure. or sex, but I mean, does it ultimately matter? Because it has mattered for, sure. you know, a hundred right. years. It, it has mattered right. who you sing with. Right. And not all of the reasons that it mattered were bad. And yeah. I, right. And I think that's important sure. to always remember because we find different bonds in different sisterhoods and brotherhoods. And, you know, I will never understand what it's like to be in an all-male quartet because I don't identify as male, right. you know, and it just, right. it's not going to be for me. I'm not jealous or upset or disappointed that I'm never going to get that, it's okay. It's theirs. Because they're like, oh, I mean, I think they're never going to understand what it's like to be in an all-female quartet. They don't identify with that. Sure. And so... In some ways, that's special. You know? In some and, ways, it's yeah. special. And I'm not... A, but the thing is, is it doesn't affect me if right. we have males that are a part of our organization that yeah. want to support us. It doesn't affect... Right. I trust that my board and my organization is going to protect where we came from. And so I that's the hardest part that I'm seeing in the organizations are. Just like in the country that we 
we live in. Right. And <laughs> having growing pains because where we came yeah. from, I don't this think we would go back. Yeah, right. we wouldn't go back there. So we would do it a lot differently if we had to start over. Yeah. And sometimes, and some, again, change is never comfortable. It's always difficult, but it's not necessarily bad. And in the end, it's the strength of your group. It's the strength of your passion and love for what you're doing because we don't do this for anything but that. At least what I take away is never a paycheck. I'm so fortunate to. I've been fortunate. Thank you, Amanda, in my life. I've been fortunate. But Barbershop has never written me a paycheck, but it has given me so much more than any paycheck could ever give. But that's because my expectations of it are that. All right. So you've got this wealth of experience, this wealth that you have a, a broad overview of the barbershop world because of, you know, who you've been connected with and your involvement kind of a little bit of in everywhere. For someone like me that is brand new, what would you want, you know, because I know a lot of the organizations are looking to grow. They want more people to understand the magic that is barbershop. For you, what would you want other singers to know or future barbershoppers? That's what we've started to call them in our chorus. We're like the future barbershoppers, they're out there. What would you want them to know about why it means so much to you? Well, that's a very good question. Why does barbershop mean so much to me and what I would want other barbershoppers to know, future barbershoppers to know about Mm -hmm. that? It really can change your entire life just because you enjoy doing it, the connections that you make. The things you learn about yourself, the challenges that you face, the risks that you take, being vulnerable with who you are. You learn a lot about your personal boundaries, your levels of willingness in virtually every capacity, whether it, I'm terrible at sometimes I've gotten better at, I'll rephrase my, my sentence. I've gotten better at saying no. You know, a lot of times it's always the same people in courses, for example, that are just like burnt out because they take on everything because they know they can do it, but it doesn't necessarily necessarily mean they should say because they really either don't have the time or really the desire to do that, but nobody else steps up. You know, I challenge you for time management and for working together, even with people when, when you're at odds. I mean, there's just so many wonderful things growth-wise, but there's barbershoppers know how to party. They're the happiest people in the world. <laughs> I've never been to an afterglow or a tag party or a cast party after a barbershop function or coaching such. Everything ends in a celebration. Just yeah. the best time. You know how many like music festivals end in like brawls because people are just like moshing. It never ends bad. It's a great time. Oh, it's just a one great of my time. favorite experiences, and I think it was my was it my first big convention for BHS was midwinter in Costa Mesa. <laughs> and one of the girls that I work with in Casa Contemporary, we both are connected because we run the big events for Casa. And it was my birthday when we were in California. Fine. So she came, she's like, oh, I'll come and meet you. I live here. So she came out and I brought her into the lobby of the hotel. And her face was like, what, what is, is happening in here? She's like, it is midnight. And these people are old enough mm, to be my early. grandparents. And they are just having the time of their lives. Midnight it is something early. like, it's another planet, even compared to other styles of, of singing. It really is. And and actually when Dig for the last thing we did was Harmony Sweet last, not this past March, but February, March. And we'd never done it before. We didn't know anything about any of it. We had a total blast, again, totally out of our comfort zone and a major growth experience for us. But it was so fun afterwards because they also do like these sort of cast parties and everybody gets together and hangs out and sings for each other. And it was just a great time. But barbershoppers, there's just something special about the way we celebrate each other and working together and we bring people in from the outside. It's just all about sharing and laughter and singing and none of that is bad. 
bad. So we sound like trolls, guys. Like not bad trolls. We sound like the like Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick. Whatever. Is it Disney? Is it Pixar? I don't even know who it is. DreamWorks. I think it's DreamWorks. No sponsors here. But yeah, we sound like Princess Poppy here. But it is. It's a lot like glitter flying everywhere. There's a lot of. I've seen chorus members come in never having any experience to barbershop. Like I don't even read music, so there's a lot of room for a wide range of people and their abilities. It's really just all about willingness. And if you're willing to enjoy yourself and you're willing to grow and learn, there's always a space for you. You know, all you need is a voice and an ear and they don't even have to be that great, to be honest, because if you're willing, there's so much tools and education available for you in barbershop. I am always humbled and overwhelmed by the amount of giving. People are so giving of their time and talents in barbershop to help each other on their journeys. It's really unlike anything I've ever experienced. So I find barbershop <laughs> overall to just, and for us, it's been easy because we, it's a family thing. Our in-laws, my husband's grandparents, his parents, us and our children. So for us, it was a little easier. It's than, easier when you can bring in the whole family. Yeah. But that's another point. It's very easy to bring yeah. your family into barbershop. It's, and honestly, if acapella music is something that is a passion of yours, bring your family in. You, yeah. know, you don't want to not share that with your family. It can be yours, but bring them in because letting them watch you do what you love is half of the payback. Well, and also letting the audience watch. Even yeah. with Bellanova, we've got three generations family you yeah. know, in the chorus. And for me, it's just special when I tell people, yeah, my chorus has 12-year-olds in it who yeah. come because their mom is there and then they come yeah. because they want to be there. And it's just, maybe yeah. I'll have to join a, a mixed chorus because I really want to sing with my son. Yeah, <laughs> He's an great. excellent singer. He has an excellent voice. It's great to share it with your family, though. We were very fortunate to be able to be a part of the Sweet Adeline's Cornet Club show a few, a couple years ago. I guess it was the last international we had in New Orleans. And, you know, Sandy's in the Cornet Club and they usually do this thing where they sing with the Queen's Men. And this mm -hmm. year they opened it up to the royal family. And so it was the first time my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my sister-in-law, my husband and my daughter and myself were all on stage together on the riser singing something. And so you weren't singing, you were crying. It's a very big, it was a big moment. And also because I really made a bad choice in choose that day. Oh. And so, <laughs> I think that's 90% of contest. That's contest right there. 50% emotion, 50% bad shoes. I mean, was it, was it the very last Harmony Inc. when one of the choruses showed up in the little ballet slippers oh, and then the entire I mean, the yeah, entire convention Harmony. wanted them? That's my mom's chorus. Yeah. It's Atlanta Harmony yeah. Celebration. They wear yoga socks. Because everyone left, but yoga socks were sold out after that. It was at Harmony U, wasn't it? That they yes. came? And, and then yeah, they and went to international with like, it. And they said, why? Does it matter? They're awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's exactly. so cool. They yeah. all felt comfortable. They felt grounded. And I mean, I know yeah. you and Jean are are very physical singers and you like to make sure your body is yeah, as, be comfortable. As fully comfortable yeah. and relaxed and, you know, no tension, right? If your shoes are causing you tension, like, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't know how I did it. And I, that's, that's why true. I have all, look, look at these shoe boxes. Oh, I got rid of 90% of them. Never mind. They're all over there. I had like 47 shoe boxes. So it was crazy. I okay. had to get a whole closet with a shelf for just for rogue shoes. We and, take four actually just went through and threw out a bunch of old costume stuff so we just got rid of a whole bunch of things. I can't get rid of I have clothes from when I was pregnant like I can't get rid of anything I'm a hoarder all right well it was so nice to spend this time with you I know you've been someone that I've looked up to since oh, I joined thanks. the barbershop organization you just you have a lovely voice but even better you've got a lovely personality and you're so oh, welcoming you. what I love most about barbershop is people like you so it was oh, really lovely thanks. to spend this time with you and have you thank on our you. show thanks for having me 
me. I really love you guys. And I miss everyone so much. I can't wait for all of us to be in person again. And we will see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.